Let us pray. O Holy Spirit of God, take my lips and speak through them. Take our minds and think through them. Take our hearts and set them on fire with love for thee. Amen. Amen. They say that uh, sheep were first domesticated maybe as many as 12,000 years ago. Longer ago, perhaps, than any other domestic animal other than the dog. The dog, and incidentally, mine sends her regrets to you this morning. <laughs> the dog is a very different animal from a sheep. The dog has, well, shall we say, good judgment at times, willpower at moments, except when food's in front of her. And the dog, the dog, well, likes just to hang out with virtually any human being who will scratch her, feed her, and help her attend to the necessary parts of her day. Sheep aren't quite like that. <laughs> Sheep are, um, time stupid. <laughs> Almost all the time exercising bad judgment. And sheep are very, very much prone to follow other sheep and go to places where they ought not to go. A sheep will walk out of the greenest, most luscious spread of food on earth, go through a narrow opening into a barren wasteland, and not have the sense to come back to the green pasture. That pretty much defines a sheep. Now, you and I may, in this, uh, in the, in this day and age, have, have trouble identifying ourselves and our status as followers of Christ with sheep. People in Jesus' time, of course, didn't have that issue. But for any of you who've ever worked around a farm very long and who got to know farm animals and I've had that privilege several times in my life even from boyhood and then for a while as a young adult working on some dairy farms you come to realize uh, that that sheep are sort of special animals what they what they do that is akin to what a dog does is they build a relationship with the one who takes care of them Sheep actually do know the shepherd's voice. They, they know the signals the shepherd will give, the, the whistle, the cluck of the tongue, and, and sheep will follow and answer to that call. Sheep, incidentally, are unlike cattle, unlike bulls, cows, whatever, don't need to be driven. They simply need to be led. And the sheep are that, uh, that attached to their shepherd that they will uh, just follow him wherever he goes. Now, 
The challenge for us sitting here in 2018 is to make the words of Scripture regarding sheep meaningful for us. More than any other animal, sheep are referred to in Scripture, usually in terms of our relationship with God, oftentimes in terms of of sacrifice. You remember uh, uh, Abraham took Isaac up the mountain to, to sacrifice him, and what did what did God give instead for the sacrifice? A sheep, a ram. And, uh, and so sheep are mentioned a lot, and Jesus speaks of sheep a number of times, including our gospel uh, lesson today, in which he explicitly tells you and me that he is the good shepherd. And when he does that, he's, he's defining his role, but he's telling us what we are that we are sheep who need to be attached to him, who need to hear his voice, who need to follow his lead, who need to, who need to make him an integral part of our life. Several beautiful prayers in the prayer book that I'll refer to today. One of them is from uh, our service of morning prayer, right one, and it used to be in in, in the old prayer book, uh, those of you who can remember that still, uh, in, in which we are, we're being penitent, we're saying our confession, and what do we admit right up front? We admit that we have erred, and that's the old, that's the old prayer book way of saying the word instead of erred. We have erred and strayed from thy ways. How? Like lost sheep. Exactly. And to define what it means to stray like a lost sheep means to wander where you don't have any business, means to get into things that you shouldn't be into. And oftentimes what it means is to, instead of following the shepherd, to follow another sheep <laughs> who's headed the wrong way. And so here, here you go, just right off in, the, in, in his tracks into areas where you should not be. So, have we, have you and I, been brought to the point of confessing our sheepishness, our sheepish, sheepishness? Say that fast three times. <laughs> if we are God's children, then God will bring us to depend absolutely upon him. Uh, he will make us pray that prayer that Jesus taught us to pray in which we literally ask for our daily bread because we are dependent upon him for it. And we know that. We will, we will ask him not to lead us into temptation because the good shepherd won't let us get into trouble. We will ask him to rescue us and save us and make our world his world. Some rebel against being defined as having a sheep-like relationship to anyone else. But if you've watched life long enough, you know that it happens. Do you remember um, uh, the movie Driving Miss Daisy? Anybody remember that movie? It's one of, one of my favorites, what, 15 years ago maybe now or 20 years? Longer, okay. <laughs> How time flies. <laughs> We, we, and when you're not going to the movies much, it really flies. Um, 
Remember Miss Daisy, uh, the, the character played by Jessica Tandy, as she was getting older and her children arranged for her to have uh, a driver. Uh, 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 re rebelled. She had always driven her big old Cadillac and, and she didn't want to have this, this very fine, able man drive for her. Uh, and so she rejected his help. She spurned his service. She wanted nothing to do with him, spoke to him as infrequently as possible. But did you watch the movie? As she got older and as she, came more, as she became more and more dependent and began to recognize that she couldn't do the things of life without him, that attitude of independence became one of humble dependence. In the end, her driver was her best and most beloved friend. And there was that touching scene at the end, if you remember it, when literally he is spoon-feeding Miss Daisy her meal. Can we take that as a parable of our relationship with God? Can we take that as a way of viewing the one upon whom we depend for everything that is, the one who has given us all that is, the one who has supplied the love, the grace, the mercy, a relationship that is beyond our understanding? Can we take that relationship and begin to understand it in terms of the friendship that we can have with one who will give us our every need. You see, the, the important thing about a relationship with our shepherd isn't the authority that he holds or the power that he wields or, yes, it's true, the stick that he carries. <laughs> That's supposed to be a shepherd's staff, by the way. The relationship rests on love. It rests on needing and being attuned to and, and, and being in conversation with and recognizing the voice and, and listening to it and responding to it. So if the first thing you and I need to do is to acknowledge sheepishness on our part, I'll tell you how I think we get there, how we get there. We get there at our truest and most authentic level when we remember in our own lives those times when we have needed a rescuer, a savior, a shepherd. Those times in our life, whether they were times of, of despair or anxiety or sickness or brokenness or, or, or trouble, those times when we have longed for someone to come alongside us and show us the way. And I suspect that if you look back in your own life, you will see those moments. I know I do. Moments when the world was falling apart for me. Perhaps you've had some moments like that. Am I the only one? Days when it seems like everything's going wrong. <coughs> there's, there's sickness. There are bills to be paid. We don't know where the next paycheck's coming from. We've, we're troubled. We're anxious. We are lost. 
Look back at your lives and see it. Look, go back and you ever go back and read your old yearbooks, your old diaries from past years, and just reflect on what you were going through this month in 2009. And then think about how, think about how, seemingly from nowhere, miraculously, supernaturally, a force, a power, a presence entered your life and changed everything. It can happen, it can happen even when someone dies in your life who means so much to you, and you may be saying to yourself, oh, if, if she dies, I might as well die myself. And yet, the death occurs, and somewhere faith and, and sustenance and, 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 and a will to live and to carry on, and in fact, an increased love of, of life and of God is the result. Blessed are you, after all, when the worst things you can imagine happen to you. Blessed are you. You're where God needs you to be in order that he can claim you, he can move you, he can lead you, and yes, he can be your shepherd. If you identify with that at all, then you agree with me that there is at the bottom of our very existence a mystery, a power that we call God, Lord, the Good Shepherd. Every author of the Bible, every, every, every individual who wrote any portion of it knew that and claimed God as, as his Good Shepherd. And from time to time, day to day, you and I need to look back at our lives and recall to the circumstances, the, the bad decisions, the places to which you have erred and wandered in your life and how it was you were pulled back into the fold. All of this because the moment will come when John Howard's not going to be standing in the pulpit or sitting in the pew. John Howard will be laid out right there. And you know what will be said over me when I do? Into thy hands, O merciful Savior, we commend thy servant John. Acknowledge we humbly beseech thee, a sheep of your own fold, a lamb of your own flock, a sinner of your own redeeming. And the best news is, the wonderful news is, the joyful news is, the news we celebrate today is that you and I have already been accepted as members of that flock. That knowing and hearing his voice, we're free to follow it and that if we follow it, we will know that happiness, that, that joy, that, that peace, that wonder, which can only come in relationship with him. Well, Jesus has pulled us by his words this morning far away from Western cultural ideals of 2018. He's asked us to journey back to first century Palestine and uh, 
be there in the fields with the shepherds. He asks us to understand and feel the connection between the shepherd and the creatures whom he loves and protects. He knows his own and his own know him, Jesus tells us. He knows them by name. He knows us by name, by face, by circumstance. He knows and understands the plights of our life, even in the face of death. And you and I are able, therefore, to say, Fear no evil, for he is with us. His rod, his staff, they comfort us. He leads us to good places, wonderful places, places where we can live and thrive and be joyous and know him. And that, that truth, will stand forever down through the ages because there is one shepherd, Jesus Christ. There is one flock. We're it. There's one hope, Jesus Christ. There's one Lord and faith, Jesus Christ. There's one baptism in Jesus Christ and one God and Father of all who has made us, created us, placed us in this field to be shepherded, to be loved, to be cared for, to be protected by the great shepherd, Jesus Christ.